the first half of the season, these first eight games, I think, you know, with the, the all the travel and Thursday games and, and in and out of hotels and different things like that, the guys have really handled it extremely well. You remember when they were one and two and everyone was saying, what the world is going on with the Jaguars? Head coach Doug Peterson, after a six and two start, they reeled off five straight undefeated in October. Action Sports Jack's Brent Martineau just back from Pittsburgh. And that was a big win at a really grueling environment. And they still left so many plays on the field, too many mistakes. But to pull out a win, it shows the resiliency of a team like this 20 to 10 winners Sunday. It's kind of hard to process this one because it felt like they should have had 40 points the way they were moving the ball. And <laughs> right. just some of these head scratching mistakes, even, even Trevor Lawrence's performance alone, that was probably his worst play. I think it was his worst play of his career, but he played terrific outside of that. So the Jags are finding ways to win. And remember this rich Trevor Lawrence won more than anybody else, like in the history of college football. And he was a big time winner in high school. It's starting to translate to the NFL. That guy knows how to find ways to win. And he knows how to find the weapons, too. And the play to Travis Etienne was really when I felt like, okay, now they're in the driver's seat. They've got this game. And using him as a weapon, he is fast becoming an MVP caliber player for this team. Uh, He's terrific and running the ball and obviously catching the ball. I thought this could be like a Buffalo game, and it ended up being that way. He got a lot of touches, and now he can go get a rest. But he's been fantastic in the first half of the season. Seven touchdowns now the last four games. And I don't think we should lose sight of what Trevor did on that play. It's the recognition that they love inside the building. He's able to recognize that, and of course he can deliver the throw, and ETN delivers the play. Quite a connection, and they needed it in that football game. Man, this defense is coming up with a lot of uh, uh, over uh, turnovers and actually uh, had a couple that they left on the field yesterday. The defense has been part of the, the big story this first half of the season before we get into the bye. It's unreal, and I'm about to crunch some numbers on this, but I don't think it's going to take very long. What they are doing to teams in the first half of games has been phenomenal. I think they're averaging just over seven points allowed in the first half, and if you look at the formula of the last five weeks when the Jags have been on this winning streak, they've been able to start quick, they build double-digit leads, and part of that is because of their defense holding teams down. I mean, Pittsburgh didn't get a first down until 10 minutes to go in the second quarter and they got a touchdown late, but the defense has been so good and rich, a real, um, you know, salute to their depth that they've built because they were without Andre Cisco and Tyson Campbell. And that's a big deal in the back end. Didn't seem to matter yesterday. Yeah. How about Dewey Wingard with the interception and Graham, the terrible towel. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you that the, the heartbeat of this team or part of the heartbeat of this team is what I called them this morning. And uh, what a story of the character development of number 42 here in Jacksonville continues to make big plays, but who's not making a play right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It seems like everybody is contributing. Is there a balance? I mean, you can't change the schedule. So the schedule is what it is, but they're on such a roll. You almost don't want the momentum to get disrupted by a bye week but then the balance to that is it gives everyone a chance to catch their collective breath, really focus on the playoff push the second half of the season. And more importantly, for guys like Zay Jones and others who are nicked and bumped and bruised, a chance to recover and really take on that second half healthy, hopefully. Yeah, I get that uh, line of thinking, right? If you have momentum, just keep it going. But I, I don't think it 
applies to this team. I actually thought with the 10 days off after the Saints, you might say the same thing. Well, they got another win. I think this team has a mentality and a maturity about it that all that stuff doesn't matter. I think they need the break. I mean, that was a long, grueling last month uh, of travel and hotels and everything else, like Doug said. So get healthy. Uh, now eyes on, on the rest of the season. And I think this buy actually comes at a very good time. Hey, let me uh, go back for one second to Saturday because I know you and Dan addressed it on the post game. We walked onto this field and realized that the field conditions did not look up to par. Now, Everbank Stadium is owned by the city of Jacksonville, not the Jaguars. I was a sideline reporter for CBS talking about the field conditions. Ultimately, as I was following you on Twitter, they held up just fine. But whatever happened there? Yeah, this was a really a crazy non-story at CBS. You know, they had an injury early in the pregame and my guess here, and this is just a guess is that a coach or somebody said something like, Hey, this field, because of the aesthetics of it, what happened on the field, if you watch the game and you saw some seams, well, the transport of the new sod that they put in last week from Georgia, sometimes the edges of that sod get dried out. And well, they never really turned completely green and that's why you saw it, but from a smooth playing surface and everything else, it was fine, but I think it sparked interest plus the injury, which really wasn't a big injury because the guy ended up playing anyway and played in the football game. It became a storyline and it's pretty wild how big of a storyline it became. And I think mostly because of the look of it on TV or just even on field level. The field was fine the whole time. It's a first-class crew we have in Jacksonville. They get asked to do Super Bowls and go to London and all these other things and kind of felt bad for those guys. They take a lot of pride in their work, but it was really a non-story. And if you watch the game, nobody was slipping and nobody got hurt. Yeah, it's far, an absolute non-story in Jacksonville. Yeah, far more people were slipping yesterday in Pittsburgh, not mm-hmm. only because of the rain, but also they had done some seating there, hadn't they? Yeah, and that is always a field. That in Chicago is a field that gets under the microscope sometimes oh. in the NFL. But I didn't hear players complaining about that as well. The only time I've heard people complaining about a field all, all year was Buffalo and Tottenham, and they were the only ones that did that, jet lag and turf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be listening in ESPN 690. Brent and friends, a whole lot to unpack from the Jaguars from Florida, Georgia, and the rest of college football. We've got to be, and not only the World Series as well. 855 on Jacksonville's Morning News.